Well, it's good to be here. It's good to have you in the house on a beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, I am sure and very confident of this one thing this morning that the Lord will minister to us. Uh, so be ready for receiving the word whichever way, and I'm sure you're gonna be blessed. Right, uh, I'm still trying to regain my, what you call it, confidence. I'm always very confident that it's hard coming here to minister. We have to deal with a few things. Uh, in the past, where I used to be, before you were setting yourselves, people stand up and sing, so maybe jump, 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 maybe I'm Good. I think we are still on a journey. All things made new uh, because of what the Lord Jesus has done for us in that way. I think we have said quite a lot of things concerning this. That when Jesus came into the scene, the very day he was born in Bethlehem, he was bringing in something completely new, something totally new. That's why if you read the Bible, the Gospels in particular, you will see that the religious leaders of the day were so opposed to Jesus. Uh, because they were afraid what he is bringing was going to eliminate what they used to know and what they used I mean, as a way of their power. And they were benefiting so much on religion, they were benefiting so much on exploitation, they were benefiting so much on the law of Moses, they benefited so much, so much that when Jesus came into the scene, they knew what he represented. He represented the new. And so they had to oppose the new, they had to fight the new, and fight it so vigorously to the point of taking him to the cross. And to them, taking Christ to the cross was actually killing him, assassinating him. Eliminating, taking him out of their comfort zone. Hardly did they know that by killing him, they were actually signing him into being. And so they got shocked because God works in mysterious ways. And so you and me are in the new because of what the Lord Jesus did. And of course, thanks to the ignorance of the religious sect that were there during that time. And that's why Jesus says, Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they were doing. If only they knew, they wouldn't have done it. So we want to thank the Lord this morning that we are here together. And so this morning, I want us to briefly talk about the new commandment. You see, everything is new. Commandments were given in the olden days. Commandments were given in the Old Testament. Actually, there were so many commandments in the Old Testament that God himself gave to the children of Israel. Remember, Israel was a representation of the new thing that was to come. So a lot of commandments were given. But when Jesus comes into the scene and he is finishing what he is finishing, he decides to give a new command. He didn't say, I give you new commandments. But a new commandment. 
that sort of fulfills all other commandments. So this morning we are looking at this commandment, and I want to talk about that commandment under this small topic which reads something like the priority and pathway of the believer's love. Because we need to understand some few tricks in the Word of God or something very, very profound that helps us to be who we are in this kind of a setup. So I will look at two things there, the priority and the pathway. And of course, when I'm talking about the priority, I am talking about what I will call the entire duty of a believer. Priority is your life duty. As a believer, your love has a duty. <laughs> and what is the duty of your love? That's the priority that we will look at. And then the pathway I'll be talking about the direction of your love. Yeah, the pursuit of your love. So I want us to look at John chapter number 13, verses 34 and 35 that will appear on our screen. The Bible says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Hallelujah. Maybe let me just give you a little background to this scripture in John chapter 13. He is sitting with his disciples, and obviously he is about to get to the cross. And in this meeting today, he identifies and makes public the one who will betray him. And they have just taken some communion and he has spoken some things. And then Judas immediately walks out of that meeting because he is a man on a mission, a different mission. And when he is gone out of that meeting, Jesus is now remaining with the core. He is now remaining with the, the, the disciples. He is now remaining with you and me in the meeting. And he says a number of things to these guys. And then he comes and says this scripture. Let's go back to scripture in verse number 34. Now that I am about to go. Now that I will be, I will no longer be with you for a while. Now that I am gone, now that you have evidence, now that you see what is going to happen, now that my betrayal is clear given to you, now that you shall remain by yourselves, I give you a new command. I gave you this commandment before in John chapter 15, if you go and read verse 12 and verse 13, it's the same commandment, but there is no new. It just says, my commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. But here the context has changed. The dimensions have changed. The dispensations have changed. Everything has changed. Something new is coming into being. 
being. Because the betrayal is now at hand and is clear and is obvious, Jesus has to show the love. And he says to his disciples, I give you a new commandment. Forget about the commandment I gave you, John 15. Forget about everything else. I'm giving you a new commandment to love one another. As I have loved you, so also love one another. And the whole world will know and see you are mine by this that you love one another. Hallelujah. So we want to look at this commandment. We want to look at this instruction so we can fully understand, ladies and gentlemen, in the kingdom of God, what matters the most is not coming together like this for a Sunday service. What matters to God is not belonging to KCC. What matters to God is not that you are probably born again and all that kind of stuff. What matters to God is your disobedience, is your obedience rather, to his commandment. Your obedience to the word of God. Obedience is about doing what he has commanded you to do. Somewhere in the Bible he says, if you love me, you are going to keep my command. You are going to do my word. You are going to do what I tell you. So now I'm giving you a new thing which you already know. But it's coming to you as a new thing. That's the emphasis. It's new and it shall be new because it belongs to the new. It belongs to the new realm. It belongs to the new dispensation. It belongs to the kingdom of God. And this is what you shall do. Loving one another. So let's look at this maybe before I get there. To love one another. It's about the brotherly love. If you read your word clearly in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1, the Bible says, Brother, love should continue. Huh? The loving of the brothers should continue. Because brother love talks about the love for Christians by Christians, the love for saints by saints. You need to understand that the way you love is different from how others in the world love. The way you love the person sitting next to you is different from how you love the person outside this place, which is not like Jesus Christ. You and me are called to a higher standard of love. And our love is not a common love. Our life is weird. You know, the way we love is completely weird. The world cannot understand it because that is who we are. We are weird people. The challenge is we are trying to normalize ourselves when we are actually weird and abnormal. Come on. You will never be normal if you are a child of God. And because what is regarded normal in the world doesn't fit into the standards of our kingdom, into the standards of our God. So maybe before I even say much, let me encourage you, don't try to pretend. Don't try to be normal. Don't try to fit in. You can't fit in as long as you have the Spirit of the Lord inside of you and upon you. And as long as you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, you cannot fit in into the schemes of the Lord. Because you are called to be different. Are you with me this morning? 
God will be different. So let me just quickly go over this. That is, when we read, there is a priority of our love. And our number one priority of our life or love as citizens of the kingdom of God is to love one another. That's our duty. Your entire duty as a believer is to love another believer. Your duty as a Christian is to love another Christian. You are unable to love anyone else if you don't love the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you are a believer. Because you, the way you carry yourself out there is determined by how you carry yourself in here, in the kingdom. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So our number one priority, the first point and the first call of our love is to love one another here as believers, here as brothers. First Peter chapter 2, verse number 14, I think it's verse 14 or 17. The Bible says, love the brotherhood. And this is the brotherhood. Your love is here. Love these ones. If you love the brotherhood, you can love outside. Loving outside without loving here, I have seen it before. It is called pretense and hypocrisy. Come on. Love is love by a believer loving another believer. So the commandment is clear love one another. Am I clear? Love one another. You see, loving one another, ladies and gentlemen, is not just love, it is a new way of love. It's different from what you were used to. It's different from what you are used to. It is another way of doing it. Because it has a set standard or a set precondition of doing it. It's not about how you feel. It's not about what you think. It's not about what you want. It is a commandment. It is an instruction. When you are a believer, there is no take it or leave it. When you are a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is only a take it. Because you do as commanded. But it is not a forced word. It is not something that is forced on you. It comes from the new life that you have received in Christ Jesus. So it's not about your effort. It's nothing to do with what you, you want to do and everything else. It's just about the new life. As long as you have this new life in you, you can love one another. You can love me. It doesn't matter your opinion of me. You are able to love me. Because of the spirit of the Lord that is in you. The person next to you, it doesn't matter whether they are attractive to your eyes and blood. You can love them. The love we are talking about is not driven by the physical features. It's not a romantic love. This is a commanded love. 
This is the love that is the foundation of the work of God. This is the love that is the foundation of the kingdom of God. This is the love that makes saints saints. This is the love that makes you pure, makes you holy. This is the love that empowers you. Because a believer who loves is a powerful believer. And one of the reasons why the church is weak in most cases because we have not learned to love one another. The way he wants us to love one another. Because when we are loving one another, we are too powerful to be moved by the devil and his lies. Are you with me this morning? This new commandment I give you. Love one another. And it means that you and me will have to learn to love one another. But like I have said, there is a qualification of how to love one another. That is where I want to spend most of my minutes with you this morning. On this qualification, how to love. Let's go back to my point number two. How are we going to love? Which is the pathway of love? Our pathway is to love as Christ loved us. Priority, love one another. In which direction and how is Christ loved us? We are not just loving, we have an example. We are not just thinking the love or I love you. No, we have an example. He has set the standard. He has shown us how to love in this love or with this love. We are not learning it from anyone else. We are not learning it from religion because this is not a religious love. We are not learning it from our cultures because this is not a cultural love. We are not learning from the traditions of men because no man has loved like these people. The only man who has loved like this is Jesus Christ. He comes in and introduces a completely new way of love. And he says, if you are my saints, if you are my people, if you are my followers, you are going to love the way I have loved you. This is how I want you to love. And maybe the question then is, how did he love us? I think what you need to be doing as a believer is to understand how Jesus has it, loved you. Because if you don't understand how he has loved you, how are you going to love another person as he has loved you? So you need to understand how he has it, loved us. And my question is, how did he love us? And the Bible is very clear in the scripture with it. By laying down his life for us. That's how he loved us. Yeah? He did not love us by giving us the anointing. He did not love us by giving us preachers, or the Bible, or the church, or giving us money, or giving us food, or cakes, or coffee, or anything else. He laid his life. Before then, no one had ever loved in this way, laying their own life for others. Now, 
religious leaders there, the Pharisees and everyone else could dare not come this far with their life. Our ancestors could dare not. No one. But he comes in and says, listen, I want you to love one another. The whole world will know that you are my disciples when you love like me. When you are able to lay your lives for others. And you laying your life for others doesn't mean going to the cross to be crucified. It doesn't necessarily mean you being killed and all that for other people. But it is about sacrifice. It is about loving differently. It is about loving with a different attitude, a different mindset, a different understanding. So I want us to explore these different things that laying down his life for us are all about. And remember, this is the pursuit of our love. Laying down our lives for us. Following Christ. Emulating Christ. Doing it like Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, the world doesn't know you and me by coming to church service on Sunday. They also partake. They also come. They can also come and sit in our midst. Hallelujah. Yes, they do. They also have their own services. Don't you think so? But the difference is love. Because the devil can't love like Jesus. Yeah, people in the world cannot love like Jesus because they don't have the Spirit of God in them. Because this love is by the Spirit of God who indwells all of us here as believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who produces this love, which is part of his fruit in our lives. So we are able to do that. And how did Jesus do this? If you read your Bible in Isaiah chapter 53, I think it's verse 5, eh? the Bible would say, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was Christ for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we were healed. Did you know that when he went to the cross, it was not just a religious ritual. He was defining love. He was taken to the cross because of love. He died because of love. He was pushed to whatever, to those lengths, because he loved you and me. He would have stopped, but he loved us so much that he had to go through everything. Part of it, every bit of it, from the garden of Gethsemane, when they did whatever they did, when they arrested him to the courthouse and up to the cross, it was all about love. Do you know that he had to give up everything because of love? Yeah? He gave up who he was, he gave up his nature and he took the nature of a man because of love. He carried the sins of sinners on him because of love. He was born in a manger, one of the worst places on earth, because of love and nothing else. Love. He gave up his joys, he gave up his adorations, he gave up his rights with the Father. I was enjoying love. 
Because I believe it's good. That's it. Yeah? But he had to become men because of love. He had to go through everything because of love. He bore grievous pain through beatings, through rejection, through shame. They were spitting on him. They were insulting him. They were doing all kinds of things. They were taking to him because of love. It was all. He had you in mind. <laughs> he was so mindful of you and me. He was so in love, ladies and gentlemen, even our own romantic love here, it makes us do extraordinary things. Yeah? It can compel you and force you to do wonderful things that you never thought you would do. But that does not compare to the love displayed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is not the love that he wants us to love one another. And by the way, even when we are married, you are called to love that person you are married to as Christ loved you. It goes beyond the bedroom love, therefore. It goes beyond the red roses. It goes beyond the chocolates. It goes beyond everything else. It is a different kind of love. Are you hearing me this morning? So Jesus had to give up everything. Guys, remember the nails. The pain of the nails on his hands and on his feet. It was all because of love. Remember the crown of throw of thorns, sorry, on his head. It was all because of love. Remember the spear on his side. That was love. And he says to you and me, I want you to love like this. He's saying to you and me, this is how we love one another in the kingdom of God. That's the standard. How many of us understand that Jesus is the minimum and the maximum standard in the kingdom of God? Anything below what he has done is not the standard. And there can be nothing above what he has done. This is the standard. So he has set the standard. Your duty is to follow. Our duty is to emulate and is to do likewise, loving as he loved. And I can assure you, it is hard in human nature, in human things. But as long as you are here this morning, it is not hard. Can do it. Maybe let me help again. When Jesus says, Love one another as I have loved you, he means number one, you will bear one another's sins the way I bear your sins. Here, you will bear one another's sins. Here, my sins will not drive me out of your life. Because there is no amount of sinning that can finish the love of Christ towards you. So if you are of Christ, you will pay one another's sins. It doesn't matter how often the person next to you sins against you. You will bear the sin. 
That means you will continue walking with them. And you will continue loving them. You continue giving them guidance. You continue encouraging them. You continue ministering to them. And by the way, here as Christians, we don't consider one another in the flesh anymore. Because sinning is no longer our nature. We are dead in that area. But guess what? It can come through temptation. It can come through giving the enemy an opportunity because many of us still do that. But when that happens, be one another's brother. Carry one another's brother. There is no throwing away somebody in the love of Christ. We don't put you in the dustbin. We will love you no matter how foolish you have become. Our duty is to love one arm. No. What does that mean? It means we'll be up with backstepping. They will backstep you here. But you will still be there. Maybe let me help someone. I see the trend all over the world. The trend that you get hurt there, you leave and go to another place. Maybe you still haven't understood that you are a kingdom, not a denomination. Maybe you still haven't understood that the same backstamping there will happen in point B. Because you are dealing with the same creature. The new creation in Christ Jesus is the one and same creature everywhere. The challenge is we are two denomination, what do I want to say? Denominationalized in our thinking. And we think they, they are better than they. This is one thing. There's no comparison. Jesus does not compete with Jesus. And he says a kingdom that competes against itself will obviously fall. So you will have to learn to be at the backstepping because you are a person of love. Love gives you the grace. Love gives you the power to say thank you. And move on. I forgive you. You don't know what you are doing. And kiss them and move on. <laughs> What does this kind of love mean? It means that we will bear with cruel remarks. People can remark cruelly about you. Because most of us as Christians, we are refusing to be spiritual. We want to be natural. We are refusing to be supernatural. We want to be natural. And when we are in our natural state, we can speak and say anything. And think we are justified to. But when we have stepped into the supernatural, we speak the words that edify. We speak love. We speak words that lift up because our role and our truth is to build one another up and not to pull each other down. 
So when you are walking in this love that Jesus is encouraging you to come into, you will fear the deadly ones. And by the way, your opinion don't matter in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not about opinions. The kingdom of God is about obedience to what he has said. The word that is finally the kingdom of God is the word of God, not your word. How you view the person next to you doesn't matter in the kingdom of God. What matters is how Christ views the person. It's how Jesus sees the person. And when Jesus looks at us, he doesn't look at the shape of our bodies and what have you, but he looks at what he has done on the cross. Because that is what defines you and me. The blood of Jesus. Please talk to your neighbor and say, I look better than you. <laughs> <laughs> I look better than you. I Completely. know, man, I know. <laughs> Completely. Ladies and gentlemen, what we need to do is to come to a place where we are mature in our love, in the way we love. And when we are mature, we will not say bad things about others. And when we are mature, when those bad things have said by babies in our midst, you know how to process them. You are not going to commit suicide. You are not going to run away from the kingdom of God. You are not going to backslide because somebody has said an opinion. They did not die for you on the cross of God. Up until a time when Jesus says, I no longer love you. Hold on. But the truth of the matter is he would never say that. He loves you dearly. He loves you every minute of your life. He loves you every second of your life. He loves you when you have money or not money. He loves you when you have sinned or not sinned. He loves you when you feel badly or not badly. He loves you as you are. I people with me this morning. Amen. You will be a let me put it this way. When you are loving the way Jesus wants you to love, you will forgive. Come on. You will learn to forgive. How many people are angry here because somebody did whatever they did to you? You will have it walk into this love. This love, loving as Christ love, forgives. He's hanging on the cross. He's in pain and in shame and naked. He knows he is gonna die. He is looking at his enemies around them. They are celebrating a victory which is not a victory. And he looks at them and says to the Father for kingdom. They don't know what they do. In other words, he's saying these guys are so dumb. They can't read into the spirit. They can't understand your programming and your calendar. Ladies and gentlemen, the same applies to you and me. When the world persecutes you, forgive. When the world slanders you, forgive. When the world says whatever, when the world shuts up your gatherings and everything, do not be depressed. Forgive because they don't know what they are doing. But you can only do so if you understand the love that you are called to walk in. The love we are called to walk in is not natural love. 
It's not just love, ladies and gentlemen. This is a new love, a new commandment that can only be lived by those who have received a new life in Christ Jesus, which I believe it is you and me. I have five minutes to finish now. So I'm going to finish. But I said, when the world reviles us, when we have known how to love and bless we don't just, you just bless people because you are blessing. Your appearance is a blessing. Your words are blessed. They have said to APCT, you just say, I bless you, God bless you, thank you very much. And you move on. Did I say it's easy? In the flesh, it's not easy. In the spirit, it is. It is easy because you and me have received the Holy Spirit in our hearts. It is easy because you and me, the Spirit of the Lord has poured in our hearts this love of God. This love of God, we are not praying for it. This love of God has been poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who indwells us eternally, who himself is the Spirit of love. This love, ladies and gentlemen, is the nature of the God in whom we dwell, in whom we live and in whom we have our being. This love has become our DNA as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not hunting for it. We are not looking for it. It is given by the Spirit of the Lord inside of you. And you have received that love. All you need to do is to develop this awareness, this consciousness that you are able. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you are able to love me as Christ loved you. I listen to you. Talk to your neighbor and say you are able. It doesn't matter whether you despise yourself, you are able. You can love. Remember that God doesn't treat you the way you treat yourself. Some of us are too hard on ourselves. You want to be our own saviors. Come on. As long as you are in this body, you will feel weaknesses. As long as you are in this body, you will feel moody. It doesn't mean you are a sinner anymore. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And stop confessing that, ah, Lord, help me, I'm a sinner. Me, I'm not. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm born of God, I'm pure and holy, and I have the mind of Christ. It doesn't matter how I feel. My feelings don't take away what Jesus has done. Okay. I'm listening to you. So you are able to love. And really, you can love. Love one As Christ has loved us. I with me this morning. May I challenge you even as I take my seat. What are you waiting for to love the other person? Do you think you will love in heaven? You are commanded to love one another well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our mission field. This is where we demonstrate Christ, not in heaven. Heaven doesn't need your demonstration. Heaven is perfect. This is your place to show. This is your place to shine. This is your world to overcome. 
This is your arena. This is where you fight. The enemy will create you. The enemy will keep you. The enemy will make you fall. But arise and continue fighting. Rise up and continue fighting. Fight the good fight of faith. And remember, faith works by love. Without this love, there is no faith to talk about. Are you with me this morning? So what are you waiting for? Who told you you are still too small to fight? Who told you you are too small to love? Who told you you can't? In the kingdom of God, there is nothing called I can't. In the kingdom of God, we do all things at the same time. In the kingdom of God, we are more than conquerors. In all these things around us, we conquer, we overcome. And one of our greatest weapons in the kingdom is love of one another, is Christ love. God bless you throughout the week. God inspire you as you walk and as you work. God guide you and lead you. Lead you towards your priority number one. Love in one another. As Christ loved you. Go and study how he has loved you. And be proud. And be excited. Till then, be blessed.